Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's Food for Thought, a podcast on a mission to equip you all with the latest evidence-based advice that you need to live and breathe a healthy lifestyle. I'm Rhiannon Lambert, registered nutritionist, best-selling author of Renourish, A Simple Way to Eat Well, soon to be author of The Science of Nutrition out December the 30th, 2021, and founder of Retrition, London's leading private nutrition clinic. In each episode, we are going to be joined by guests, all of whom are experts in their field, so that together we can all learn fact from fiction and empower the healthiest and happiest versions of ourselves with our trusted expert advice. More of us are going flexitarian, so you won't be alone if you've questioned what you eat. Um, And I'm not just referring to individual items, but to food groups. And this particularly goes to fish. And if you're thinking it's a friend or a foe, there's so much confusion in this area. So we definitely needed a podcast on this. So this week's Food for Thought sees registered dietitian Ty Ibatoye and I explore the nutritional benefits of fish. So its role in our diet and what we need to be mindful of. Hello, Ty. Hi. (laughs) hello um I'm so delighted to have you on the podcast today because I think that fish in particular is really controversial now and the media traction this year that it's got um to do with the environment of course um is interesting but would you still say because as a dietitian the nutritional benefits outweigh the negatives Yes, it does. Absolutely. Um, The nutritional benefits still outweighs the negative. Um, Fish is a very important part of a healthy diet for those who can eat it, of course. Mm. It is a good source of protein, omega-3 fatty acids, which is mainly found in oily fish. Um, Fish also contains so many important vitamins and minerals, which are important for our general health and well-being. Mm. Yeah, and and I know that because I remember the last... um, lecture that I attended I can't remember when that was now um I think it's last year at some point online of course pandemic times Mm -hmm. but they were talking about the fact that um people just don't consume enough fish in the UK anyway yes yes and you know there are many reasons to why that is and it doesn't help that social media is <laughs> the use of social media is quite prevalent at the moment and there was so many information being put out there about fish in a negative light actually which is you know drawing people away from consuming fish um but hopefully this podcast will change the narrative to get people to eat more fish um, if they can eat it of course Yes, I mean, there's, yeah, there's there's two conversations here to be had. And speaking on the fact that 
you know, fish is nutritionally important if you're able to eat it, of course, because we know that for sustainability reasons, you don't have to, but for nutritional reasons, could you give us a quick guide maybe on how much fish you'd recommend firstly, and what are the Mm -hmm. types that people maybe should be opting for? Yeah, sure. So the NHS recommends that we should eat at least two portions of fish a week, including one of oily fish. So one portion for an adult is about 140 grams when caught. Um, And as a very, very rough guide, this is about the same size of the palm of your hand. Um, However, it is worth pointing out that some types of fish, um, well, with, with some types of fish, some people need to be a bit more mindful of the type of fish they are consuming and how much they are consuming as well. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I mean, would you go as far as saying oily fish, you know, the fatty fish is nutritionally superior maybe to, to the white fish like cod and um, haddock maybe? Um, well, they are both nutritious in their own right. Um, white fish are an excellent source of protein and they are generally low in saturated fat, which makes it a good alternative to red processed meats, for example, which tends to be high in fat. Um, and it also contains important minerals like iodine and selenium. Um, however, when it comes to oily fish, it does contain omega-3 fatty acids. Um, well, a lot of omega-3 fatty acids, actually. Um, but there are some species of white fish that can also be a good source of omega-3 fatty acids like cod, haddock, sea bass for example but the levels are lower um, compared to oily fish. Yeah and would you say like in today's today's um, climate with the quality of fish because there's a lot of talk about farm fish at the moment and different things would you say that the nutrients are superior in a specific type so with oily fish would you say sardines are better than salmon is there a difference for people to be looking out for um, so in terms of the nutritional differences I, I wouldn't say um, they're both you know, they do have similar vitamins and minerals. Um, but I guess from a sustainability point of view, um, some people may, especially if um, there are people who are concerned about the climate and want to make better changes with the ecosystem, there are sustainability swaps that people can make when it comes to fishes. So potentially opting for more sustainable fish sources um, compared to others. Yeah, yeah, it's... Because the nutrients, so you've mentioned omega-3 um, yes. as well. Why is it so important? And also perhaps we should touch on maybe iodine here as well and, and what fish can provide that people don't know so much about. Yes. So um, omega-3 fatty acid is um, essentially a group of unsaturated fats that we need in order to stay healthy. Um, In particular, it's really important for um, good heart health. Um, And there are many studies showing the benefits of including omega-3 fatty acids foods in our diet. Um, So it's important to protect the heart and blood vessels from diseases. Um, It may also help to maintain good memory. Um, It may help in the prevention and management of depression. And um, it's really important for the healthy development of babies um, during pregnancy Mm. and breastfeeding. Um, So it's super important. And when it comes to iodine as well, in particular, um, we do know that it is a 
very important mineral. Um, it has a lot of role in the bodies. And so, for example, it helps to make thyroid hormones, um, which are needed to, um, you know, they are needed for many bodily functions and processes um, like growth, metabolism, and the development of baby during pregnancy and early life. Yeah, which is all crucially important. Um, yes. Also, on the subject, of course, of childhood nutrition, we should obviously touch on pregnancy a bit more. And I know you've mentioned, you know, supplementation, but there's also lots of myths surrounding pregnancy. And, and one that, I mean, I had this really strange craving in pregnancy for sushi. And it horrified some of my friends, like, you can't eat sushi. But actually, you can. But the difference is it has to have been, the fish has to have been prepared safely. So it has to have come, been frozen first. Um, and then prepared so you know that it's killed off any parasites or anything that you know could be causing harm and and you don't really want to be going for the the sushi that's been on the conveyor belt all day if you go to one of those places you know you, you want to be getting it fresh fresh ideally just to minimize any risk but it's totally fine to eat sushi um, I avoided tuna actually because of the mercury reasons that we've discussed and I just yeah stuck to kind of avocado sushi or salmon sushi and there's nothing wrong with it just go to a reputable place because um it is yeah it's safe and then actually I will also add in other cultures in the world they don't even have it as a thing so I mean I guess that's just like pregnancy with cheese in France and places really but what's so interesting is I don't think people like fish when when it comes to food it's not popular and I, I think perhaps the smells and I know that a lot of the time the oily fish um, the omega-3s that we get from them. Actually, let's go into omega-3s before I go off on that tangent, tie because <laughs> <laughs> is this, the, this is the component, isn't it, that helps with our health and preventing some diseases, I guess. Yes. Yes, it does. Um, so omega-3 fatty acids, there's a lot of focus on this particular nutrient because, as I mentioned, it has a key role in in our overall health. So it helps to um, protect our heart and blood vessels from diseases. So there are studies showing that um, people who consume a lot of fish that contains omega-3 fatty acids, and they have a lower risk of developing heart disease compared to those who don't eat fish as often. Um, and then also from a mood or mental health perspective, we know that it can help in some way, um, not for most people, but for some people, it can help in the prevention of depression and some other mood disorders as well, um, which some studies have found but again, when it comes to research, there needs to be more done to um, for a substantial finding. Um, but there are so many benefits of including omega-3 fatty acids in the diet. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 just such an interesting one. And I think when people look for omega-3 as well, they get there's a bit of confusion surrounding the two key key three letter words that are on on the front of supplements in particular so we've got dha yes. so dha yes. i should say um and epa so what are people looking for here if they are supplementing and they're not eating oily fish or perhaps they're pregnant they need to supplement there's lots of reasons 
And is there a balance of the two we need to know about? So two questions there. Let's start with what it is. <laughs> um, so, yes, yeah, so there's there's three types of omega-3 fatty acids to be mindful of. So EPA, um, I'm going to try and pronounce this long name. So I do apologise if I butcher it. Uh, so EPA mm-hmm. is also known as icosampentanoic acid. Um, and D. De- oh. <laughs> what a name. Points for me. <laughs> <laughs> and DHA is also known as docosahexanoic acid. Um, so these two are types of omega-3 fatty acids. Um, and then the third type is um, AOA, so alpha-linolenic acid. Um, and essentially that is a dietary fat um, which makes the EPA and the DHA in our bodies. Um, but this is a very slow process and only small amounts are formed. So that's why it's so important to get the EPA and the DHA from our diet. Um, and we can get that mainly from oily fish like our sardines, our salmon, our mackerel, um, which are great sources of these. Um, and then when it comes to supplementations in general, there is a lot of I guess, confusion in terms of the types of supplements to take if people are not consuming oily fish. So some people think that they need to take omega-3 supplements, but this isn't really recommended in the UK for the general population because the the evidence of benefits is inconclusive. Um, So if someone is considering a supplement, they should consider taking a fish liver oil instead mm. of omega-3 supplements. However, um, for women who are pregnant or planning to become pregnant, should be mindful of the fish level oil because it does contain high amounts of vitamin A. Um, yeah. And then also another thing to consider when it comes to supplements is to look at the labels for DHA and the EPA yeah. content. Yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely, it's super important and, and not many people do check the labels. It's so key to read the labels and to check the, the nutritional content. Well, I think it's because so, people aren't told, like, well, what are you looking for? Do you know what I mean? Like, it's so unfair, yeah. isn't it? Because when yeah. you're looking at supplements, like, so what should they be looking for with DHA and EPA? It's confusing, I think. No, no, it is. It, it's very confusing. Um, so essentially, if someone was to consider to buy a supplement, they should choose a supplement that provides them with the same daily amounts providing by eating one to two portions of oily fish per week. So that's about 450 milligrams of EPA and DHA per daily adult dose. So um, that's what they should be um, be mindful of. That's brilliant. Thank you. And I mean, I I guess, I mean, there's a lot. I think people need a notepad and a pen while listening to this episode today. We could take take note of everything. Now, there's also an alternative. So if you can't eat oily fish, you need to get DHA and they can take an algae version of omega-3 because the fish eat the algae and that's the the way they get the Um, Mm omega-3. So don't panic if anybody listening is thinking, oh, I don't know where I'm going to get it from. I don't eat fish. But what are the signs of a deficiency? Are there signs? Like, do do we have any guidance on this? Yeah. So, to my knowledge, here in the UK, I don't think omega three deficiency is a major concern compared to other nutrients like vitamin D deficiency, for example. Um, maybe because it's not 
widely known or um, I guess the need to investigate it isn't really important. Um, however, there are certain signs that <clears throat> some people can um, be mindful of when it comes to omega-3 deficiency. So we know that things like um, dry skin or scaly skin can be a sign of omega-3 deficiency, but then it can also be a sign of other things as well. Um, mm. Also things like joint pains or brittle nails, um, these can be some signs of omega-3 deficiency. Um, however, it's important to note that if some people do have these signs or symptoms they shouldn't panic at all it may not be an omega deficiency and um if anything they should contact their gp for further investigation that's yeah and don't be scared to contact your gp because you know that's what they're there for at the end of the day the national health yes. service you know you can go and ask these questions and i think a lot of people think oh, i'll be wasting my doctor's time but when it's your health and if you want to get answers about it it's not wasting anybody's time and you know it doesn't need to be an urgent appointment but you can book it in for when they have availability so please please do go and see somebody if you want more advice now if someone is eating the recommended amount of fish would you still advise that they take supplements or do you think that's enough oh that's enough absolutely um if they are having fish um, and which also includes oily fish as well, then they don't need to take um, supplements at all. Um, mm. it, it's, it's not worth it and they can save their money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, completely. And are there any dangers to taking too much of this? Is there, are there any risks around, you know, over supplementing? I know you mentioned particularly for pregnant women with the links to vitamin A as well, but what about for the general public taking too much? I think so when it comes to taking too much supplements it's it's just not good for the overall health and well-being of an individual um so they may experience certain symptoms like abdominal pain um dizziness um and yeah there are just so many symptoms just to be mindful of um but I guess to answer your question there isn't um a need for individuals to take supplements if they are eating fish um, especially oily fish as well there isn't any need mm. at all no and again I, but to the caveat that I would urge someone that wasn't eating any oily fish or getting enough omega-3 because we have relationships and links I remember I've probably mentioned it before to you guys on the podcast I'm sorry if I'm repeating myself but one of the first lectures that I had at university with Professor Simon Dial that does a lot of research um into omega-3 and actually neurodegenerative diseases so you know the the branches of dementia and he mentioned from day one the one supplement that he said if people don't eat oily fish that he thinks people should be taking is omega-3 and it's such a gray area in a way it's not as popular in the UK but are there or is there rather a relationship between brain health that you're aware of and consuming fish? Yes. Um, so if you know me quite well, I <laughs> tend to read a lot of studies a lot yep. and, and see the evidence. <laughs> you know me Your too Instagram well. is fabulous. Um, yes. <laughs> thank you so much. Um, so yes, there, there is a relationship between fish and brain health. Um, there are studies that have shown that fish intake is positively associated with improve cognitive function and may positively affect the structure of the brain. Um, most studies have suggested that this is due to the omega-3 fatty acids found in fish. 
And what we do know is that omega-3 is important for our brain throughout life, from infant to old age. Um, it is suggested that brain cells with high levels of omega-3 in their membranes are better at communicating with other cells, which is an important process for brain function. Um, there are studies that have shown that people who do eat fish often, especially those who are above 65, so old age, um, have more grey matter in brain regions, um, which is associated with memory and cognition. Um, and also having said this, there are studies that have looked at the link between fish consumption and the risk of disorders affecting the brain, like mm. dementia. Yeah. But the findings are very, very conflicting. So mm. there was one particular study that followed just over 2,000 older adults for about six years. Um, and they found that eating fish twice a week could reduce dementia risk by up to 41% mm. compared to groups eating fish once a month. Um, yeah. However, um, there was another study that looked at fish consumption um, and they found that um, within 5,000 people, just over 10 years, there wasn't any change in dementia risk depending on the amount of fish consumed. Um, so the findings are conflicting and very, very mixed, but it's so important to note that some of the research that look at fish consumption and brain health also consider other dietary factors and lifestyle factors that can also impact brain health too. Yeah, I mean, thank you for rounding that up. I, I remember because I've got a page on this in my new book, The Science of Nutrition. That's December 30th, nice. not long now. But I remember reading this research and it was hard to get, yeah, like you said, decipher the the positive outcomes and the ones that are not conclusive. And it really, it really is a minefield. But I mean, I guess there are, there's reason to believe there's a link there when you look at it and you delve in. Um, yeah. And I think there's a lot of discussion as well around skin. I think all the time you hear about healthy fats and skin and then fish and skin, especially it's part of the culture, I think, over in Japan, actually, in some countries where they consume a lot of oily fish or they did in generation ago perhaps but there it's believed you know to give you glowing skin why do you think that is mm. so again it's just due to the omega-3 fatty acids but then also other nutrients that are within fish as well so um it is suggested that omega-3 fatty acids found in oily fish are involved in building our outer layer of the skin which helps to form the skin barrier and can also help to maintain moisture in the skin as well. So that might be some of the reasons why people may experience more glowy skin when they do eat their oily fish. Um, and it's also suggested that omega-3 fatty acids might have some anti-inflammatory properties, which may benefit skin health too. Um, but then it's not only about omega-3 fatty acids, but it can be due to the B vitamins found in fish. Yeah. So we know that fish is a good source of so many B vitamins. Um, mm. And there is evidence to suggest that a lack of B vitamins or a deficiency in B vitamins may lead to cracks in the skin, um, which may not be ideal um however <laughs> there needs to be more research to actually prove this but that's just what some of the um research shows um but then you know there, there's a lot of focus on just that one 
single food like fish to promote all of these health benefits but we we need to know that you know fish is a component of a healthy balanced diet but there are so many other foods in our diet that can provide us with good skin health and no one single food can supply all the nutrients that our skin needs Um, and we also need to consider other factors as well like getting enough sleep making time for Mm. relaxation not smoking drinking alcohol within safe limits making sure that you're well hydrated staying active as well because this can be all good for the skin as well ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us we brought in a reverse auctioneer which is apparently a thing Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, skin is, it's so interesting. I love talking about it. But I remember when a study yes. came out on almonds, it was quite a small, a small study, but it was really exciting because it showed a, a difference in depth of wrinkle severity. And it, it was really interesting because of the vitamin E and the almonds. And what we do, I know a lot of it's genetics. We have to accept with skin, guys, you know, there is no miracle food, no super powder that can take away the genetic element that you are predisposed to. Just to get that in there, because I think it's important that we mention, you know, <laughs> you're born with what you're born with, uh, as yes. well as, you know, the epigenetic, the lifestyle factors that we have. So what about yes. any um, restrictions when it comes to fish? Are there any big no-nos that you, you really shouldn't be consuming, maybe? Yes, there is actually. Um, So, you know, we do know that fish is a very important part of a healthy diet. So we should be consuming fish if we can eat it. Um, But there are some types of fish that some people need to be, well, everyone needs to be mindful of. So I guess we can start from oily fish. So because we spoke a lot about oily fish. So mm. oily fish is really, really important. It contains omega-3 fatty acids and so many um, essential vitamins and minerals. However, oily fish can contain low levels of pollutants that can build up in the body. Um, and so, you know, we like to say moderation is key. And in this case, it's definitely key. Um, so it's recommended that girls... Um, young girls or women who are planning pregnancy um, and pregnant women have no more than two portions of oily fish a week. Um, mm. And this is because the pollutant found in the oily fish may, may build up in the body, as I mentioned, which can affect future development of a baby um, in the womb. Do you know what I, I was also reading into this? And there's a gender difference. So it's yes. apparently, yeah, to do with females, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. of the mercury levels affecting future pregnancies. Is that also a thing? Yeah, 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 absolutely. It, yeah, it seems, it seems quite, um, so it's, you can imagine our listeners are probably thinking, well, you're saying we need to eat more fish, but now you're saying we shouldn't have more than this amount because of this. So mm-hmm. it isn't black and white, is it, this discussion? no. No, it's not. And and I guess it, it comes down to, you know, when it comes to different types of food, 
moderation is key and being mindful of how much you're consuming portion sizes you know that they're all very important food all types of food does play a role in a healthy balanced diet and they are super essential for our general health but when it comes to different life stages there are certain foods that we just need to be a bit more mindful of in terms of how much we're having and how often we're having is having it as well so odor fish is one of them and that's not to say you should totally avoid it no you know have it as part of your diet but in terms of how much you're having it's just to be a bit more cautious um but then also when it comes to other fishes like shark swordfish and marlin we know that children pregnant women and women who are trying to get pregnant should avoid this totally and Mm. that's because they contain a lot more mercury compared to other fish um which may affect a developing baby's nervous system um but when it comes to the general population who do consume this um they should have no more than one portion of these types of fish per week um and then lastly tuna so tuna is is really healthy for us to consume um however again if someone is trying for a baby or a woman is pregnant um they should have no more than four cans of tuna a week or no more than two tuna steaks a week um but if they are breastfeeding there isn't any limit or restrictions on how much tuna they can eat yeah and I think yeah. we should bring up tuna with the sustainability topic as well, actually, because it's really mm-hmm. sad. I remember going, um, I was so lucky, Ty, I got this amazing job in Barbados, in Barbados, oh, like of goodness. all places. And I got to wow. take my husband, I mean, it was many years ago now, but I remember getting to work with a hotel out there. And they took me to the local fish market. And I'd never seen tuna before, as in the size of a tuna fish and they were telling me the process and I hope I don't get this this it probably won't be as factually correct as it could be but what from what I remember they caught the fish in Barbados but they'd have to send it over to America to get it graded for use in sushi and then ship it back to Barbados because they don't have the facilities there to grade the fish and straight away you're looking at this chain of um, production which obviously as nutrition professionals we don't know that much about we know more about you know the nutritional we stick to our you know what we know Um, but it was so fast yeah I don't pretend to be an expert in this at all the production chain but I remember thinking wow that's a lot for the environment and that's what happens all over the world and tuna in particular is over farmed overfished we have a real problem yes. at the moment so you know cans of tuna are so popular in in the world we, we need to really be optimum for other fish really don't we yes yes absolutely um and you know what we do know is that sustainability um is is a major concern at the moment and and the fish stocks as well um and when it comes to choosing certain types of fish um in order to make more sustainable changes or have sustainable options and um, there is a good guide in terms of what you can um consider when buying your fish so um there's a society called the marine conservation society um and they recommend choosing marine stewardship council so msc certified fish um which is recognized by the blue fish tick 
on seafood packaging. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you've seen it. Yeah, um, I have, yeah. yeah. So if you see the blue fish tick, it means that it's a sustainable source um, and you can definitely buy it. Um, and so that, that can be something for... Um, some people to look out for when they are doing their fish shopping next time to just have a look at the seafood packaging and if it has that logo on it um but then also with the societies the marine conservation society they have also produced the good fish guides um which helps people keep up to date with the most sustainable fish available around the world um mm. so that can be something for some people to look up um, if they want to make more sustainable fish choices. So it's the Good Fish Guide um, by the Marine Conservation Society. Amazing. Thank you for sharing that with everyone. Please go and check that out. So then we can all we can all make better choices whilst keeping healthy at the same time because I think that's really important. And for people that say, well, my kids don't want to touch fish, um, you know, what's the advice for children? At what point? should they they start eating it? I mean, I've personally had my son on salmon since he was weaning, so obviously in tiny amounts, but what, what do you, what would you say are the guidelines there for children? <laughs> um, so when it comes to children in, in particular, um, as a dietitian, we like to follow the guidelines um, that is out there. Um, and the current guidance is that fish can be introduced in the diet from six months of age. Um, but when introducing a baby to solids, though, it's really important to take great care not to put them at risk of choking or any sort of food safety risks. So if you are introducing fish in baby's diet from six months of age, just make sure that you are removing any bones um, from the fish. Um, And in terms of specific recommendations on how much fish a baby or a young child should consume, it's quite similar to um, the adult guidance in terms of um, having at least two portions of fish a week, including one oily fish. Um, However, the portion size will be different. So what we know is that one portion size for an adult is about 140 grams, which is similar to palm of the hand when cooked. Um, but one portion for a baby or a toddler would be slightly, well, not slightly, a lot tiny. less compared to an adult. <laughs> yeah, be so tiny, super, super tiny. Um, so we would say that for um, children between 18 months to about three years old, they should have about um, a quarter to three quarter of small a small fillet of fish, so that's considered as one portion. Um, <clears throat> and for children between the ages of four to six years old, um, half to one small fillet of fish is equivalent to one portion. Um, for children aged seven to eleven years old, one to one and a half small fillet of fish is one portion. And for children aged twelve and over, it's quite similar to adults, so they can have um, one hundred forty grams of fish, which is equivalent to one portion size. Yeah, hopefully that brilliant. makes sense. Yeah, no, it, a lot of information. <laughs> honestly, it really does make sense, and I think. You know, with the really little ones, they don't have very big stomachs anyway. You're unlikely to get more really than like a fraction, a fraction of a filler in. Um, 
but it's a good place to start and I, I think for people that don't like fish and if it's something they want to introduce what would be your go-to dish that you tell your clients maybe to cook up or something to start getting used to eating fish yes so um there are many reasons why some of my clients don't like fish. It can be due to the taste, the texture, the flavour of it. Um, and so I like to tell some of my clients, if they can eat fish, to maybe um, mix it in their favourite dish. So, for example, if they're having like a rice dish mixed with chicken and peas or other types of vegetables, they can replace the chicken with fish if they can. Um, and then flavouring as well by adding fresh herbs and spices to conceal the the actual taste of fish. Um, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work, um, but it's worth experimenting with different mm. herbs and different spices. Um, you can also try to change the texture of the fish as well. So I know for some people, they don't really like um fresh fish or boiled fish so I like to um, tell some of my clients to maybe grill it or bake it and put it in the oven to just change the texture of it and um, sometimes it's a bit more palatable when you change the texture of the fish um, or you can put it in um, stews or soups or curries um that have very strong flavors sometimes you don't really yeah. taste the actual fish because the strong flavors disguises um the, the taste and the aroma of fish <clears throat> so these are some things for some people to consider um or you know try to um go for like ready meals um that mm. contain fish so some ready meals are quite good especially things like um, fish fingers that you can just put in the oven quickly um it's a quick dish for um young children to consume so that's something that you can consider to get your children or to get you eating a bit more fish yeah they're really good tips thank you so much i think curries is actually a really good idea of things and um to get somebody onto it and if we just before we take questions from our listeners just discuss the sustainability aspect because while fish is incredibly nutritious we are at a point where you know fish stocks are rising and I will say if everybody just followed the guidelines we would be okay because two portions of fish a week isn't harmful when we get into problems with the environment it's when we have people consuming animal products for every single meal of every single day so we're talking fish every single day of the week or meat every single day of every meal of the week and it's it's about getting that balance and it's a shame I think in a way that society has become so all or nothing we do definitely need to be limiting our animal produce to do something for our oceans and for the environment but it doesn't mean you have to give it up and I'm sure Ty you agree with me there that you know we don't need yes. to give it up it's just less isn't it yeah yeah absolutely yeah ex exactly so if we take some questions our listeners for you now Ty I've got a few here I'm just going to try and pick the ones out that one in the discussion Fiona has said is eating fish sustainable and doesn't it often contain microplastics oh, that's that's a very good question um so we spoke a bit about the sustainability um, of fish. So <clears throat> fish can be sustainable if you are purchasing it from sustainable sources. Um, 
And so when you are considering to buy fish, it's just making sure that on the packaging of, of the um, fish that it contains or that it has the, the blue fish tick, which mm -hmm. shows that it's chosen by the Marine Stewardship Council and basically they provide certain standards that certain fisheries should adhere to um, which are ensuring that the fish stock is sustainable, minimising environmental impacts and effective management. Um, so when you are buying a fish, it should make sure that you do see the blue fish tick. Um, and in terms of the pollutants found in fish, um, there is a lot of concerns about it um, and I guess that's also part of the reasons why some people tend to not eat fish um, however the the levels for the levels in some of the fish are quite low uh, but as as mentioned earlier on it's just ensuring that you are um, adhering to guidelines when it comes to fish consumption to make sure that you're not eating more than you should be because we know that certain fish contains um, small amounts of pollutants but if it's consumed quite often and in large amounts it can build up in the body so it's just making sure that um, you are um, being mindful of your fish consumption and that moderation is key. Yeah completely completely agree yeah. um, and then We've got a question from Karis, or no, it, maybe it's um, pronounced Karis, or Car you know, it might be a Welsh name, this, I'm so sorry, I mean, I'm part Welsh, so I should know, um, but uh, she has said, is frozen fish as healthy as fresh? Uh, that's that's a brilliant question, and the answer is yes, absolutely. Um, fresh fish isn't superior than frozen fish, and frozen fish isn't superior to fresh fish. Um, both similar in terms of the nutrients that they contain in terms of the goodness that they provide um, so if you want to go for fresh fish then totally go for it if you want to go for frozen fish then you can go for it as well yeah really 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 good there to know and it, yeah it cost you much less actually probably to get frozen yeah, um absolutely <laughs> And then someone here has said, I really don't like fish, Melissa has said. What other foods offer the same nutritional benefits? Uh, that's that's also a good question as well. And um, the person's not the only person that like that doesn't like fresh fish or fish in general. Um, I, I personally as well, I don't like fish at all. <laughs> um, however, it's important to make sure that you are getting some key um nutrients um, such as omega-3 fatty acids from other food sources so um, things like nuts and seeds contain omega-3 fatty acids so your walnuts your pumpkin seeds your chai seeds as well and some oils contain omega-3 fatty acids so like grapeseed mm. oil and linseed oil as well soybeans um, fortified milk, so fortified soy milk contains omega-3 and tofu as well. Um, if if you can eat dairy products, um, there are certain brands of eggs, milk and yogurt, that contain mm. um, fortified omega-3 fatty acids. Um, and some spreads as well contain omega-3 fatty acids too. Um, but it's really important yeah. to make sure that you check the labels to make sure yeah exactly and remember you know if you really are concerned you can always supplement omega-3 and go to your gp like we said at the beginning so there 
does move us on now. I've got a bit tongue-tied then. It does move us on um, to the fact <laughs> or fiction round, tie, which I'm sure you're buzzing about. Oh, <laughs> I'm a bit nervous. Uh, yeah, don't worry. Everybody is, but you don't, you don't need to be. Um, are you ready? Yes, I am. <laughs> okay, here we go. If you could answer fact or fiction to the following questions. Everybody needs to take a fish oil supplement. Fiction. Smoked fish contains more nutrients. Oh. Mm. I would say fiction. Fiction. Omega-3 is vital for brain development of a fetus. Fact. You can't eat sushi when you're pregnant. Fiction. Yes, exactly. Um, Wild fish is much healthier for you. Mm, Fiction. Women need to eat more oily fish than men. Mm, Fiction. Your mercury levels will be too high if you eat fish every week. It depends. Yeah. So when you say eat fish every week, how many are we talking? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, how many fish? <laughs> so that's a that's what we like to call a faction. We're in between a faction. Yeah, a faction. faction. <laughs> yeah, faction. Um, <laughs> eating fish will support your immune system. Facts. 2.3% of the population have a fish or seafood allergy. Ooh. That's quite specific, so I would say (laughs) (laughs) fact. (laughs) Clever, clever answer. Um, Saltwater fish contains higher levels of sodium. Fact. Yeah, and that was our fact or fiction round. That was quick. Well done. Um, But sadly, that really nearly wraps up our episode. And we need to finish today with our food for thought, which is our little take home message we do at the end of every podcast tie. And I think after chatting to you today, mine would be that it really is about a balance. And I hope that it's, it's also, you know, lifted the conversation that as a health professional, that we have a real, you have a responsibility to give your clients food options that provide nutrients, but we're now faced with a new issue of climate change and sustainability, and it's it's striking a balance between the two. So our responsibility ethically is to make sure people are getting the nutrients they need, but we also need to educate and show where it can be found. And it's a very difficult conversation. It's very new, and all of us health yeah. professionals are dealing with it as it's happening, which is not easy. Um yeah. But ultimately, I love the conversation we had around Omega-3. So I hope everybody's learned a lot there. And of course, as I mentioned, you can find out more in the new book as well um, on Omega-3. But Ty, if you've got a, I'm sure you have a much better take-home message to give our listeners today. What would that be? I mean, you've said it perfectly, to be honest. (laughs) Um, But I would say um, um, don't fear fish. Um, Fish um, has a place in a healthy, balanced diet. Um, As long as you're following the recommendation by having at least two portions of fish a week, including one oily fish, um, making sure that you're not consuming much more than you actually need. Um, 
and fish can be enjoyed. I mean, fish can be steamed, it can be baked, it can be grilled, um, it can be an enjoyable part of a healthy, balanced diet. Um, and if there are women who are pregnant or breastfeeding um, or have small children or babies, it's just being more mindful of how much you're how much fish you're eating, um, what types of fish you're consuming as well. And if in doubt, you know, speak to your doctor or a registered nutritionist or dietitian that can best support you. Perfect. Hi. Perfect episode. Thank you so much for sharing your invaluable advice. Now, I know that you've been working on a lot of things in the nutrition world at the moment. So where can our listeners go to find out more about the incredible work that you do? And yeah, check check out what you're up to. <laughs> Thank you so much. So um, I'm quite active on social media, uh, specifically on Instagram. So um, if there are someone out there that wants to follow me, they can follow me on Instagram at Titles Nutrition um, or um, check out my website, TitlesNutrition.com. Brilliant. And you've also been working with one of our dietitians in the clinic, CAF, on some yes. exciting projects as well, haven't you? Yes, we have. We've, we've been working together. Um, so CAF and I have been working together um, on different projects, actually. Um, but one of the main projects we're focusing on is um, diversifying nutritional advice for mm. African and Caribbean individuals living in the UK. So we've created some great resources um, for people to read, um, lots of information sheets as well. Um, and we're working um, quite closely with um, local councils and Public Health England as well, which is great. It's amazing. You should be so proud of the work you're, you're doing. Um, thank and you thank so you. Much. Thank you so much, Ty, for coming on Food for Thought. Thank you for having me. If you are enjoying Food for Thought, you are going to absolutely love our up and coming episodes. So if you don't already, make sure you're subscribed. That way you will be the first to hear it every Monday. It would also be brilliant if you have the time to leave a review. These reviews are so crucial to make sure that we can reach more people and of course reach those higher highs in the charts. For more information about my nutrition clinic, the books, healthy recipes, and so much more, please visit nutrition.com. You can follow me at nutrition on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube. And of course, don't forget The Science of Nutrition, my latest book, will be out December the 30th, 2021.